When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Thanks for joining us on the That's Rather Cavalier podcast. Before we get to it, make sure you follow us wherever you get your audio podcast. Just search FFSN That's Rather Cavalier. Give us a five-star rating on Apple and Spotify. Also, check out our cast shorts on the Nordall's YouTube channel. Now let's get to it. That's Rather Cavaliers, Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. Sitting backstage doing our thing with my boys BP and Tate Boy Fresh. Thanks for listening to That's Rather Cavaliers broadcast as we, you can listen on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Hey, before we get into the breakdown for the Cavs podcast this evening, I got to throw it over to my guy, BP, and let's talk about this great guy that we just lost in the sports world in the last 48 hours. BP, talk to me and give us your take on my man, Jim Brown. Well, because we are Cleveland Cavaliers and a Cleveland, you know, centric broadcast, I did want to, you know, give a quick tribute to Jim Brown, who truly is one of the greatest professional athletes of all time. He was definitely on the Mount Rushmore of athletes, pioneer, you know, in many ways of athletics and superstar achievements and then civil rights achievements, human rights achievements. You know, he cared about the community. He's still revered here in Cleveland, Ohio. He one thing about Jim Brown, a lot of people don't know that he was the sixth pick in the draft, which is shocking. Everybody would think he would be the first or second pick in the draft, but he fell because he was a running back and there was three or four quarterbacks picked in front of him, including including Paul Hornig, John Brody, and believe it or not, uh, Hank uh, Len Dawson went to the Steelers right before Jim Brown at pick number six. He led the NFL in 1963 with 1,863 yards, which was a record until OJ Simpson broke that record. So, you know, you can see Jim Brown is truly prolific. He was the last person, superstar, to bring the Cleveland Browns a championship in 1964. So, you know, to this day, he is, you know, beloved here in Cleveland. He is a superstar. He attended many Browns games and even training camps leading up to his passing. So I would like to give a a, a moment of silence and a tribute to Jim Brown. And one of the greatest things of all is that he never missed a game in nine seasons. He played all 14 games in nine seasons. 
So, you know, nowadays with uh, load management and all these guys missing games and seasons, you know, he is truly a, 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 a monumental figure in history in sports. So I just wanted to give a moment of silence to Jim Brown and say thanks to the to what he gave to Cleveland. Thank you, Jim Brown. Thank you, Jim Brown. Thank you, Jim Brown. From all fans, not just Cavaliers fans, not just Browns fans, just all fans across the board. Thank you, Mr. Jim Brown. Hey, so we're going to get into the podcast. You know how we go to round robin and roundabout. I'm going to kick it off first, man, do the intros and say what's cracking lacking to my boy, Tate Boy Fresh. Tate, what's cracking? And let's get into this Cavs stuff, Doc. Big G, what's happening, man? Awesome tribute, BP. To Jim Brown, one of the all-time greats. I still have him as the as the top football player of all time. Tom Brady's making it making it close, but just 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 Jim Brown and everything he did for the game early on for the Cleveland Brown franchise, and and especially for what what he did for for the civil rights movement and did when he moved out to California. What he's been working working on stopping the gang violence out there when it was at its peak, you know, back 30, 30 years ago. Jim yeah. Brown's been instrumental in a lot of things. I've always loved the way he's conducted and carried himself as a man. I mean, you know, just just stern and resolute and no nonsense. I mean, I, 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 love, I love that about him and individuals that are like that. So big shout out to Jim Brown, man. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, fellas. We're going to jump into it. It's our round-robin conversation about the Cleveland Cavaliers offseason and what's going on. Today's edition, we're going to talk about Karis LeVert, who's our fifth guy that we broke down. If not, please go back and listen to That's Rather Cavaliers podcast about the four breakdowns we've had. But today, we're going to jump on Karis LeVert. I'm going to start this off with BP. BP, man, talk to me about just your first overall take, quick take, on Karis LeVert. Well, you know, the Cavs traded for Karis LeVert during the 2022 season at the trade deadline, and they gave up Ricky Rubio and their number one pick in the draft. Uh, and then that pick was not conveyed by Indiana last year because the Cavs didn't make the official playoffs. They just made the play-in game. So now okay. that pick is going to be conveyed this year by Indiana at the 26th pick in the draft. So in my opinion, that was a good deal for the Cavs. I would trade... And I would take Karis LeVert all day long for the 26th pick in the draft, especially in the NBA draft where after pick number five or six, it's usually, you know, slim pickings. Mm. So that's my initial thought about Karis LeVert. Now this past season, you know, he was coming off the bench and he averaged 12 points, four rebounds, four assists. So, you know, at first, at first blush, that's not the greatest numbers of all time. That's not like, you know. Hall of Fame numbers, but he was a valuable part of the team, one of the top five players on the team. And I think we can expound on that with you and Tate. For sure. For sure. Tate Boy Fresh, Karis LeVert, making good music with the Cavs like them LeVert boys from the Cleveland area. Talk to me, man, about your first impressions with Karis LeVert. Hey, man. Karis was solid this season. He was, he was like, like BP said, they traded for him at the trade deadline of the 21-2022 season, and, and, you know, BP gave you all the details to the trade, what they gave up and stuff. I would certainly give up Karis LeVert for the 26th pick all day, every day. Yeah. Um, He's an integral part 
of what the Cavs got going on, man. I mean, to me, he's more important of the top five. He's more important than Jared Allen to oh, me. Yeah. I mean, just, just because we'll see how Rubio comes back next year, or, you know, another year removed off the ACL injury. Yeah. He should come back better, but although he his body gets healthier, he's also getting older too. Rubio, we're talking about. Yeah. Karis Levert uh, averaged 12.1 points, 3.9 assists, almost meant to say four assists, and three and a half boards a game. Yeah. Which is good for a bench player coming off the bench. Um, sure. he's, he's an integral part of what the Cavs want to do because when you got him, Karis Levert, Donovan Mitchell, and, and Darius Garland all on the floor at the same time, they, they all can play. They all can play with the ball. They all can play off ball. Karis Levert can obviously get his own bucket, get go to the basket yeah. with a series of pump fakes and all the stuff that he does. He has he has a lot of stuff in his bag, man. Correct. But I mean, I think those three together, I mean, then you have one more back true backup point guard. And I think I think some of the other some of the other guard pieces might be a little expendable because Levert, Garland, and Mitchell can both play both positions. Yeah. They may they may not can't defend Mitchell and Mitchell and Garland both de- both positions because they're a bit small and two some two guards might be too big for them. But that's when you put Levert in there, maybe throw Okoro in there, you're gonna lose offense. But Levert is an integral part of what the Cavs got going on. I really I really like his game. He's from Columbus, Ohio. Like you mentioned, the title of this podcast, Karis Levert making good music with the Cavs. Yeah, yeah. Is the play on on the on the Levert family, Eddie, Gerald, and the Levert family. And they're making music out of Cleveland. Karis Levert is making good music in Cleveland. He's he's a free agent. The Cavs gotta gotta pay him this year. Yeah, I don't know what that looks like. I think he was making like eighteen million a year. I probably wouldn't. He wants to be in Cleveland. I probably wouldn't go too much over twenty. Yeah, agree. But I'm with I'm with I'm with them keeping Karis Levert. Yeah. All right, so fellas, we've identified just right off the back first takes about Karis Levert. And if I had to give a take on what he was, I would definitely say he's a Swiss Army knife. You can plug him in any position and really play probably one through four. He's definitely that type of guy. So I love the fact that he's a Swiss Army knife, and I sort of think he's a three and D or two, man. Four, for four, sure. four, four, four might be a bit much, Big G. One through three. Yeah, one through three for sure. <laughs> okay, but, yeah. But if we go small lineup and go fast, he can play that four. You know, we go small and fast, he could do it, you know. But definitely, definitely, definitely a Swiss Army knife. Fellas, so we've identified his strengths already. But what are some of the weaknesses that you see in Karis LeVert's game? What are some things that he has to improve on? Take boy Fresh, talk to me first. What's going on with him? I don't like to call them weaknesses. I like to call them strengths and opportunities. Got opportunities you. for improvement. You know what I mean? Got you. Because he's an NBA player, so whatever he do is, is not weak. Yeah. It's things he can work on. Yeah. Um. I mean, I really, I mean, I think, I think he hitting the three with more consistency. Yeah. I'm not sure what his three point percentage was this past year, but if he can get up around, I'm sure it wasn't up around 39, 40. If he get up around there, I think that'd be a huge benefit. Yeah. I think he's been trying to play better on defensive end. I think he plays good defense now than he did earlier in his career. I think because that's a staple in Cleveland, you got to play defense. So I think he's, he's working on that. I think that's a good thing. Hmm. And I think overall, just you know, just for the coaching staff to make him a more a more central figure in the offense. Obviously, he's going to be behind Garland, Mitchell, and Mobley, but he should be that fourth guy to me. Yeah, you know what I mean. And if he's coming off the bench, he should 
he he should just hunt shots all the time if he's coming in as a six man. Yeah. He has potential to be six man of the year. Yeah. So True. I really I, I really like where he's going. If you said work on something, just continue to get better defensively. Hit that three-point shot more. He had great availability last year. I don't think he missed too many games. And let's not forget, early in the year, he, he dropped like 41 on Boston in one of the wins against Boston early in the season. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, Karis LeVert is one of those guys capable any night of going out and getting you 25 a game easy. And if if, if he's got it going, he's going he gonna to hit you with that 40, maybe 50 ball. So, yeah. just work on the shot, work on the defense, and work on becoming a more cohesive unit with your teammates. Yeah. BP, we talked about instead of calling it a weakness, bringing building to your strength or being a better player and what opportunities you have to build to your strength. So in this scenario, give me a take on what you think Karis LeVert can do to build to his strength to help improve the Cavs team. I mean, uh, <clears throat> I looked it up and he does he, this past season he shot 39% from the three-point line, which I knew he shot that, but it's surprising because earlier in the season, he was kind of erratic. He really was because he kind of shoots like a moon ball. You know, it's not yeah. like a, it's sort of like a high trajectory shot, but in the end, he, he, he played a lot better after the all-star break. And I think that's how he got his uh, three ball up to 39%. And I, I just think, uh, you know, the Cavs did sort of shuttle him around in the beginning from starter to bench player. I think he's better off with his bench player role. Oh. It's better. It's it's not better for him per se, but it's better for the Cavs when they were starting Isaac Okoro, and then they would bring Karis LeVert to anchor the. He was the leader of the bench group, so you know obviously he scored 12 points a game, but he easily could score 18 or 19 points a game. You know if he was starting. I mean, easily. I think everybody in the NBA recognizes that. So I think he's an extremely talented player. We're lucky to have him. You know he's almost like a luxury to have, like a you yeah. know, he's a starting shooting guard coming off the bench essentially. And if the Cavs didn't trade for Donovan Mitchell, he would have been the starting two guard. Yeah. And I think I think they would have made the playoffs with him as a starting two guard. So he's a luxury to have. And I think we're lucky to have him. And, yeah. uh, you know, like you guys mentioned, he makes about 19 million a year. His contract is up. So the Cavs will have to decide what to do with him. Either you know, re-sign him to some kind of a contract or I do have an idea down the road here in our broadcast for like a sign and trade possibility with another team. Oh. Uh. All right, so just a quick question to you guys before we take a commercial break. If 10 is the highest priority and 1 is the lowest priority, what is our priority to re-sign Karis LeVert to a contract in this offseason? Tate, I'm going to go with you first. What's our priority to get him? Good question, Big G. Way to uh, put that in a way that, that makes you use your, your critical thinking. Um, I say Karis LeVert's an 8. Wow. Okay. But he's he's an important piece. I mean, and if we lose him, we really can't because of the salary cap and stuff. We really can't bring anybody else, anybody else in equal to to his his level of as as a player. Yeah. You know what I mean? Unless it's a signing trade, something like maybe what BP is going to talk about. But no, nah, Karis Levert is is a, is an important piece. Like I said, more important than Jared Allen to me. Yeah. Jared Allen's anchor to defense, but Evan Mobley is the first team all defensive player candidate for defensive player of the year. That's yeah. Evan Mobley. You yeah. can put you can put another another big body big body goon next to him, and I still think you're still gonna get the same production. But you're not gonna get what Karis Levert brings offensively, far as playmaking, far as scoring, far as BP says shooting 39 from three point range. All that stuff is important and very critical. He's he's a good fit 
with Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland as that third guard. Gotcha. BP, priority, priority alert in Cleveland. What are we looking at to re-sign Karis LeVert? High or low? Talk to me, man. Tell me what's going on with Karis LeVert re-signing for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, I mean, like Tate mentioned, uh, because of the, the the details of the salary cap, and, you know, they really do need it. I would say he's at a nine because they really need to sort of like latch on to his salary slot. And if they just let him walk, then they'll, they won't even be able to replace that $19 million a year salary. So it's almost like they need to retain his bird rights. And I think, you know, it's pretty critical that they re-sign Karis LeVert. Now, I do think, you know, they could possibly do some kind of a sign and trade with him. It's kind of like what they did with Car uh, Colin Sexton last year. They, at the last second, they signed him and then traded him to Utah to complete the uh, Donovan Mitchell trade. For sure, for sure. I'm loving both of those takes. Hey, fellas, before we get to the back half of the show, we're going to take a quick 10-second break to pay some bills around here on That's Rather Cavaliers. We'll be right back after this short break. All righty, we're back. That's rather Cavaliers, Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. Sitting here rocking out with my guys, Tate Boy Fresh and BP. Fellas, we're on the Karis LeVert train tonight. People all over the world, the night train, the Karis LeVert train. Tate, you asked the question behind backstage. A lot of meat left on the bone for Karis LeVert as his playing career this season with the Cavs. Can he add some statistical flavor to spice up what's going on in Cleveland and give us some more numbers. Take raw deal. What's going on with Karis LeVert and can he improve for the Cavs? He can, he can certainly improve. He just has to have his, have, his, have his role identified better. I mean, they went from starting at the very beginning of the season, then they started bringing him off the bench. Then the playoffs, they jumped in. Okoro couldn't shoot and stuff like that. They put him in. You know, make it when you have your role identified on your job, yeah. you you can you can you can really do well at your job. You can become you can become an expert at that job. Yeah. So I think that job is six man. I think Karis Levert is a top five six man just off the top of my head right now in the NBA. If that he if that's his sole role. Yeah. And I think he could if he even come off the bench. He could go from averaging twelve point one points a game. And get that up to around the, the 18, 18, 20 mark. If you come off the bench, give him the green light, let him lead that second unit. You know, you got Rubio passing to him. We'll see what other pieces that they they try and fit in this year to come off the Cavs bench. I think it has to be somebody, somebody with some a little bit more offensive firepower, at least shooting at the very least. Yeah. At least, at least high level shooting. Yeah. So I think he can lead that unit from both a playmaking perspective. Passing the ball, getting probably up in his assist from 3.8, maybe to 4.5. You know what I mean? And uh, just getting other guys involved and, and being the one to go get that bucket when that second unit is on the floor. Without a shadow of a doubt, Tate. BP, we're trying to build one of them good old Cleveland Polish boy sandwiches. We got some slaw. We got some fries. We got a hot sausage in the middle. What does Karis LeVert got to do to add the spice to build the sandwich? for the Cavs and bring this thing home for Cleveland, man. 
I just, I think, continue, you know, doing what he's doing. He's, you know, starring in his role. You know, like Tate said, you know, he could easily be a top three or four candidate for uh, six man of the year, especially if the Cavs get off to a hot start. You know, like this year, uh, Malcolm Brogdon won it. Well, the Celtics had the second best record in the NBA. Yeah. You know, so the Cavs have, you know, top, you never know. They could come out, you know, like on fire, have one of the top records in the NBA, and Karis LeVert could be in the running for a six-man-of-the-year type award, which, you know, which is fantastic. Usually that bodes well, you know, for a winning team, just like uh, Jordan Clarkson won it with Utah when Utah had one of the best records in the NBA a couple years back. Agree. Yeah, for sure. Great takes for both of you guys. We're going to close out Karis LeVert, but you know we got to do that little NBA talk. So, Tate, give me your party shots on Karis LeVert and his 2023-2023 season and what we got going on in the future. He had a good 2022-2023 season. Not great. Good. Better than it was at the trade deadline in 2022 when they acquired him. Yeah. He got he got – he got injured there that that first year, right after the All Star break. But you know, the All Star break is in February, so that was right around the trade deadline. Yeah. So he never really got to fit in that first year, and then when he maybe was healthy, it was it was like too late. They didn't have time to gel with him and his game and things like that. But in 2022-2023, he's had a re- he had a really good season. Not great, like 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 he said, Big G. There's meat on the bone, still stuff to. Still stuff to go ahead and attack and try and get. And I think he does that. I think Cleveland brings him back. Uh, I can see the deal being around 20 to 22 million at most. Maybe, maybe three years, three years, 60 million would get it done. It gives him some, some, uh, some security as far as his contract. He's only 27 years old, I believe. Could be turned 28 before the season. Yeah. But so he's relatively not young, but in that, in that middle ground. And I mean, I think, I think the way the way the way the market is and inflation is in the NBA nowadays, I think he's worth 20, 20 million a year. Agree, agree. BP, party shots on Karis Levert and him mixing in this year with the Cavs. Uh, yeah, like Tate said, he had a, a good year, you know, but not a great year. But you know, he was limited in his role. I think he was very good in his role. You know, there's one thing, and I think the Cavs will either re-sign him and he'll be on the team or they can do a sign and trade like I mentioned. My thought is, you know, I'm looking at the Portland Trailblazers. They're in a rebuild mode, most likely going, they might even trade Damian Lillard this off season to a team like Philly or the Knicks. And I'm thinking they may have a fire sale out there in Portland. And I got my eye on Jeremy Grant. I really like his game. He's a six foot nine, small forward, but uh, you know, very good defensive player, very good offense. He's good on offense and defense. He averaged 20. 20 points a game, four rebounds, two assists. He's a winning player, and he's from Rochester, New York. So I like the guy. You know, he might like it up here in Cleveland. I I would I would take him over Karis LeVert myself and round out my starting lineup. Him is my starting small forward. He's 29 years old. Hmm. You know, I think the Cavs are in a make-or-break year here. Donovan Mitchell's been flirting, you know, with the New York. You know, he's been playing golf with Allen Houston from the New York Knicks. Now he's commenting on the New York Mets. You know, I don't know. Maybe Donovan Mitchell may not be long here for Cleveland. So, you know, Cleveland huh. may want to keep their options open here. They might want to go all in and, you know, really try to win Donovan Mitchell over with a I, – I can see the Cavs having like a 60-win season if they play their cards right this offseason. If they, they make a lot of the right moves. 
you know, you see that a lot with teams where they grow organically. They make one more or two more tweaks. They go from 51 wins to like a championship caliber team. We still don't know, you know, how Milwaukee's going to, if they're going to hire a new coach. Boston is on the verge of being eliminated. They might fire their coach. So, you know, it's possible the Cavs could, you know, move up a few notches in the East by, you know, keeping J.B. Bickerstaff, but adding some more players to this team. So that's just an idea where we could turn, possibly turn Karis LeVert into a guy like Jeremy Grant. Oh, I like, good. I like, I, I like that. I, I, I trade. You have to give Karis LeVert in another something, maybe a second round pick or something, for Jeremy Grant. But I yeah. would, I, I would, I would do that. No, also um, might then, even need a three. It might be a three team trade where you know Portland might be looking for draft picks to go younger. You know they may not even want Karis LeVert, but let's say a team like the LA Clippers might like a guy like Karis LeVert. So I'm saying I think it would be like a three team type of trade potentially. Right, right, right. And, yeah. and the whole Donovan, Donovan Mitchell, New York thing. I mean, you know, he's he's a he's a New York kid. His dad his dad works for the Mets. Who he grew up in the, you know, being being part of the Mets, the Mets not system like as a player, but his his dad was in the organization and you know one of those guys in the in the front office, and so he was around them all the time, and so it only stands the reason Allen Houston probably about his dad's age. Yeah. So, you know, probably in New York, New York sports figures, they probably are on the circuit together. And then, you know, so that stuff, it, just, it all makes sense there. But I do agree. He has had that flirting eye with New York. And you can't, so, so you can't let Donovan Mitchell hold you, hold you hostage. You got, you got him under control for this year coming and the next year after that. Then he has yep. that up player option. So if you want to give, you want to trade him, you trade him. Yep. Don't hesitate. Try and make it work this year because it's not working. The trade deadline, somebody wanted to get what you can get and just because the the, the integral pieces are guarded in Mobley. Agreed. I mean, Mid Mitchell is, is a great fit, but when the Cavs are gonna be at their best, and we did a podcast about Evan Mobley earlier in the week, Big G. Yeah, or maybe it was last week. We did Jared Allen most recently. But uh when the Cavs are the Cavs are gonna be at their best, Evan Mobley's gonna be their best player. Correct. Lee Dog, Lee Dog in the house. Hey, so you know, we just don't talk Cavs. We talk a little bit about NBA, so we're going to hit a round robin real quick with some hot topics and hot questions going on. Victor Wimbanyani, number one pick to the San Antonio Yama, Spurs. Yama, Yama, like Yamaha. Yama, Yama. Yeah. I mess his name up, Tate. You know I kill his name, you know, <laughs> for sure. But, hey, talk to me a little bit about this kid. Supposed to be the best player since LeBron James to come in the NBA. BP, what do you think? Is he really that guy? Uh, you know, I mentioned this last week on our podcast that I was looking forward to the NBA draft lottery. I did predict way back in October that I thought Wembanyama was going to go to the Houston Rockets. That was a pretty good guess almost a year ago, and it was only off by 200 miles. <laughs> yeah. He, he, I thought he was going to end up in Houston, which is a top five TV market, more of an international market than San Antonio, but he ends up in San Antonio. I, I still, I, maybe the NBA wanted him under the wing of, uh, you know, Greg Popovich. Yeah. a more stable franchise such as San Antonio. But I thought it would be more exciting to see him on Houston where they got, you know, a lot of exciting players like Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. and Jabari Smith, but it wasn't meant to be. I think San Antonio is kind of a more boring team, but, you know, Juan Banana is going to be great for the NBA. You know, but in the end, you know, I remember Ralph Sampson was a seven foot four phenom from University of Virginia. He didn't really turn out to be that good. Yeah. So Juan Banana you know, could be boom or bust. He could be really good or he could, 
you know, also Chet Holmgren from Oklahoma City broke his leg in, in off-season workouts. So, you know, you never know what these really tall, thin guys, if they're ready for the NBA or not. So I don't think they're going to be any, you know, any kind of a playoff team anytime soon. But, you know, I think it's great for the NBA. It is exciting that the guy can shoot, you know, from the outside. He can handle the ball and he's seven foot four. But, you know, we'll see. It's going to be, you know, fascinating to see. But in the end, you know, I'd still rather have the Cavs team than what San Antonio has, in my opinion. Mm. Got you. Tate, Victor's the savior. Is he Duncan Robinson? Does Pop got his guy? Talk to me a little bit about Vic and what's going on down in Spurs land. Um, I like, I, I won't say he's supposed to be the best player. He's the best prospect since LeBron James. So that's 20 years. And I think you can clearly see he, why he, why he would, could be the best prospect. I mean, think of all the number one picks, Zion, Anthony Davis, Derrick Rose, Kyrie Irving, yeah. just to name a few of the number one overall picks. And his upside, his ceiling's higher than all those guys, and those guys are nice. Yeah. So, you know, um, I like him going to San Antonio. They're they're really good with the international players. Think about he knows Tony Parker. That's his guy. Yeah. I mean, so that should help help the transition. Also, Boris Diaw, all these guys from the French national team. Yeah. All part of, you know, part of part of his circle over there with the with the French French basketball. Yeah. You got Mano Ginobili, Tiago Splitter. So you got all these all these international players that played for the Spurs that have, have had a lot of success. Yes. So I actually like him going to the Spurs and playing under pop pop for a year or two. Um he won't have the 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 jump that that in wins that Robinson and Duncan had. Yeah. Because when Robinson came, the Spurs were just not very good. But yeah. they had number one pick. Then when Duncan came, it was because Robinson was hurt the year before. So when Duncan was a rookie, him and Robinson both came back. Yeah. And I think that was the biggest jump in wins for a team in, in, in NBA history, I believe. Yeah. Along um, with was, a chip. I, Along with a chip. Did they want to chip Duncan's rookie year? Duncan's rookie year got a 1999 NBA Finals, New York Knicks over the San Antonio Spurs. But that one is rookie year, though. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Tim Duncan's rookie year was like like ninety seven. I don't know. I think I think his rookie year, year one, he won a chip. But I'm just saying. I think Tate. I do agree with you that that Victor is going to do some great things down there in San Antonio. Tim, Tim, Tim Duncan was number one pick in ninety seven. Ninety seven. So, so his second year. The second year. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, they're not he's not going to make that kind of jump, but he's going to be a factor in winning. I don't compare him to uh. The kid from Oklahoma with that BP just mentioned. Chet um, Holmgren. Chet Holmgren, yeah. yeah. He, he's, he's a little stronger than Chet Holmgren. Chet Holmgren was playing in college at Gonzaga against, obviously, college players. Yeah. Victor's been playing on the pro circuit over there in Europe and stuff like that. So he's actually going against professionals. I yeah. think he's, he's a little little bigger, a little stronger than Chet. Yeah. But um, then, none, nonetheless, uh, Ralph Sampson was one of the great players coming out. I think Ralph Sampson – dealt with a lot of injuries but yeah. even then Ralph Sample was compared to to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar type you know what I mean yeah, yeah. I mean Chet Holmes is a whole different level for a seven foot three guy with, with 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 outside skills can shoot the shoot the three can handle the ball it's gonna it's gonna be different I'm looking forward to watching the kids so good luck to him in San Antonio yes sir all right fellas one last question to go Lakers Lakers Celts Nuggets Heat Four teams left in the playoffs. We got 2-0, 2-0, 2-1, 2-2, 3-1, 3-2, 3-1, 3-2, 3-2, 3-2, 3-2, 3-2, 3-2, 3-2, 3-2, 3-
And we got a tip-off here going in about 15 minutes with the Miami Heat, Boston Celtics. What do you guys expect? And who's the best player left in this year's playoffs? Tay Boy Fresh, I'm going to start with you. What are we expecting of the tip-off tonight with Miami, Boston? And who's the best player left in this year's playoffs? Boston's down 0-2. Yes, sir. Um, They get it done tonight. I said this on our Know-It-All podcast. So all the listeners, check out check out the Know-It-Alls on YouTube. Spelled K-N-O-I-T-A-L-L-Z, Know-It-Alls. But I said on Know-It-All podcast, I got Boston coming back, taking this series. Um, I, I, I mean, this, this the Heat culture is what is what propels them to a lot of their, their victories. Yeah. They're just tougher than everybody else. They're gonna work harder than everybody else. And they got they got probably arguably the best coach in the league. Yeah. So and Jimmy Butler comes to a different level for the playoffs. So that's why they're winning. But yeah. at some point, not even Joe Mazzula should mess this up, Boston's coach. The talent has to rise to the top. I mean, I got Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, you know, doing 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 double what Jimmy Butler does. Jimmy Butler gets gets 25. Those guys gonna get 50 or 60 together yeah so it's just gonna rise to the top i got boston coming back from down 0-2 winning in seven hmm. the other series the lakers nuggets touch on that real quick i got uh believe it or not and like i said the lakers have been in every been leading every game up until halfway through the fourth quarter yeah then they just i don't want to say they give it away they just they just let have let Denver go on runs in game one. It was a, a lot of uh, Caldwell Pope hitting shots yeah. and Joker in game two. We all know uh, Jamal Murray just went cold nuclear. Yeah. You know, scored 24 points in the fourth quarter or yeah. 23 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um. So he blew up. And then in, in game three, it was a combination. Murray early scored 30 in the first half. So he continued his hot streak from game two into game three. In that first half, and then Joker brought it home. He was quiet relatively in the in the first half. He scored like 16 or 18 in the fourth quarter. And they they let they let Caldwell Pope hit shots, Porter Jr. hit shots in the this is in the fourth quarter. Yeah. After they were up 94-93. Yeah. But my take on this, man, I'm gonna stick with it. Teams up 3-0 in playoff series in NBA history are 140 and zero. Yes. So the team up 3-0 has won 140 series out of 140. Yeah. This is going to be the one time that changes. Wow. Goat James, Cleveland's very own, is going to bring it home and not only be the first person to come back down 3-1 in the finals and win, going to be the first person to come back from a series down 3-0 and win. Wow. Goat James in seven. Take, big time take. BP, what's going on with the Lakers, the Celtics, the Heat, and the Nuggets. Who you like and who's your best player still remaining? Well, I got a <clears> – that's quite an ambitious statement by Tate that LeBron's <laughs> going to bring him back from down 0-3. I, uh, I, don't, I don't see that happening, but, you know, I'm all for it if it can happen. But I think the, the Nuggets have just got – I said on the radio here, local radio today in Cleveland, that the, the Nuggets have the best starting five in basketball. I've felt that all season. They're just one through five. They got the best starting lineup when everybody's healthy. Yeah. Really, they drafted Michael Porter Jr. when he had a bad back issue. You know, they, they drafted the Joker in the second round with the 41st pick. They drafted yeah. Jamal Murray, you know, halfway through the draft out of Kentucky when a lot of yeah. people, you know, 
didn't take a chance on him. And then the list goes, they picked up Aaron Gordon at the trade deadline a couple years ago. And then they pick up Caldwell Pope. You know, in the offseason, they swindled the Wizards out of him. And then they brought in this Bruce Brown from the Brooklyn Nets, and he's been fantastic off the bench. And they even traded Bones Highland, who's a good player. I was shocked they traded him. He's a really good player. But they got rid of him because of the to make room for Bruce Brown. So yeah. I really I like the Nuggets. I used to live out in Denver. I went to college out there at Colorado. So I'm kind of pulling for them because they played the Lakers seven times in the playoffs, going back to the 70s. They've lost every time to the Lakers. You talk about futility. They've gotten their ass kicked by the Lakers, you know, for the last 50 years in oh. the playoffs. And because the Lakers had teams like, you know, Magic Johnson, James Worthy. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, you know, Michael Cooper and the, the Nuggets had a bunch of average guys, you know, yeah. so, you know, and the Lakers are the Lakers. They're, you know, they're the top NBA draw. They're always going to get the best players. So the Nuggets are similar to like the Cavs, like a, you know, middle, mid-market team. So, you know, I am pulling for the Nuggets to win here because I do have ties to Colorado. I went to some of their games out there. So we'll see what happens. Either way, I'll be happy with whoever comes out of the West. I said it's been kind of like the NBA Finals because it's been fun basketball, you know, watching LeBron against the, the Nuggets and, and the Joker. Yeah. So that's my thought on the Nuggets. I think they're going to take care of the Lakers probably in five, you know, four or five games here, but we'll see. I've been shocked going to the Celtics, Miami. I've been shocked by this. Just yeah. shocked that I am shocked that the Celtics with all their talent are, are down two games to zero going to Miami. They could easily get swept here or they could come back. But again, you know, that's a tough road to hoe, you know, going, you know, 0-2 heading into Miami. Miami's tough at home. I don't know how Miami's doing it. It's a lot of that Miami Heat culture. You know, Jimmy Butler's he's probably the second best player playing right now in the NBA playoffs after the yeah. Joker. Yeah. But he's been, he's looking like Michael Jordan. He's doing things that are being compared to Jordan, like scoring 30 points with five steals and five assists and five rebounds. Yeah. So, you know, I'm glad, you know, they, during the season, they said Tyler Hero is injured. You know, he's out until the NBA Finals. I was like, NBA Finals? These guys aren't even going to get out of the play-in tournament. But now they might, they're, you know, they might be seeing the NBA Finals, and we might be seeing this Tyler Hero again, which is crazy. That's that's the beauty of the NBA playoffs. Anything is possible. Yeah. So you know, like I said, I'll be watching the games. Um, I, you know, I'm sort of pulling for Miami because of Kevin Love, I guess, even though he hasn't done much in this series. But, you know, he's still out there, you know, whatever. Uh, but it just shows you how good coaching and a lot of grit and determination can go a long way with the Miami Heat. Oh, for sure. Great take, fellas. My hey, so my, 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 my best player left in the playoffs is, is Jimmy Butler. Got to give it to Jimmy Butler. Joker, Joker's been up and down. Jimmy Butler hasn't been up and down. I mean, Joker's had some great games. And his down is not bad. His down, down is really good. Yeah, but sure. Joker has Jamal Murray helping and other and other players, you know, Caldwell Pope, you know, Porter Jr. And those guys, Jimmy Butler is a little more by himself. Yeah. You know, people, people fill in Struess and Vincent and some of those undrafted guys, Duncan Robinson. You know what I mean? We know Bam out of bio gonna get his numbers. But yeah, so I just I got Jimmy Butler being the best player left as of right now. I mean, and, yeah. and then and then deep then B, BP before you close out BG BP had a question he wanted to ask us. What was the question, BP? Go ahead. Yeah, I mean I've been watching obviously a lot of the playoffs like you guys have, and basically every night they're alternating. One night it's ESPN is broadcasting the games, and then the next night TNT is broadcasting. So I'd like to know, in your opinion, both of you, 
who do you think from the announcers, the analysts, and also the studio hosts, who do you think is doing a better job covering these playoffs, the ESPN crew or the TNT crew? <laughs> and I'll give, then I'll give you my thought at the end. Without a doubt, it's TNT, man. Ernie and the crew going on for the pregame, Reggie and the crew on the sideline, TNT's got it going on. I like ESPN, it's all right, but as far as the coverage is concerned, the analysis, and just the draw to the game, I love TNT. That's just me. Take what fresh. Who you got, man? I probably have to agree with you, Big G. I think it's TNT. I mean, for for for, for the, the the studio the studio show definitely. I mean, that's why Kenny Smith, Charles Barkley, Ernie, and Shaq have won so many in, Emmys, like multiple Emmys. Yes, for their studio show. Uh, Mike Greenberg, Stephen A. Smith, and Jalen Rose, Will Bond, they're good. But they're not great. The other guys are great. Yeah. I sure. think I take the ESPN analysts better. Mm. I like listening to I like Mark listening to, to Mark Jackson and Van Gundy and Mike 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 Green Green, Green. Mike Green. Green. I like listening to those guys better than I do some of the the uh TNT. You know, you get you get um Grant. Grant Hill with the guy can't even think of his name. I mean, I think you get Jim Jackson sometime. Yeah, might get a Reggie Smith, Reggie Miller game. I mean, yeah, I mean, but so I like, I like, I like the studio. So, so the studio show is gonna carry TNT to the victory. Yeah. But ESPN has the analyst that I like better, and TNT has a studio show I like better. The studio show is more significant to the overall viewing experience. So I, you know, Kenny and Shaq racing to the board, and you know, them, them, them guys are just great, man. So I'm going with TNT, but ESPN is good in the studio, not great in there, but their their broadcast team are better to me than TNT. Yeah, BP, it's on you. Give me your take on ESPN versus TNT. I mean, I do like, you know, there's a lot of humor with the guys from TNT, and I like humor. You know, I always like, you know, Shaq and Barkley. You know, and um, I actually was on the set of TNT. My sister lives in Atlanta. I got to meet Ernie Johnson and huh. uh, Charles Barkley back 10 years ago. Oh. So that was kind of cool to go backstage with them and I, you know, whatever. But, and they're, you know, they're fun guys. They really like to joke around a lot. So, but I do like the way ESPN, they kind of, they show like the history of the, of a, of a rivalry. Like when the Sixers were playing the Celtics, they'd show some old images of Dr. J and Larry Bird. Yeah. Of, you know, Maurice Cheeks and all that old stuff and McHale and Parrish. So I do like ESPN. If you notice, they have like a historical slant to their broadcast. If you know, when they go in and out of commercials. Yeah. So I do like that aspect of it. Like you notice this Denver Lakers series, they're showing all this great footage of like Alex English and Dan Issel and, you know, guys like James Worthy and Byron Scott and Magic. So I do like that historical slant that ESPN is putting on their broadcast. Oh. I think I think I think that's probably because ESPN is obviously more more sports production centric. Yeah. So you know you know T TNT is a network that does not really their thing isn't sports. They cover the NBA, but I think ESPN just has probably has better people working on that type of stuff. So I I didn't really pay attention to that, but I do agree with BP there. Like like the 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 cutouts, the commercials, and stuff like that. They. They do show a show a history of the game that really, if you know basketball, it makes you think back like, oh, I remember that, or I know who that is, no things like that. So I, I do, I do definitely agree with him there. And far as the uh 
Charles Barkley and Shaq on the on the TNT program, if we wasn't if we wasn't doing this via via our studio from our own homes and stuff like that, y'all see me put hands on Big G. <laughs> no, nah, we be moving some furniture around here, fellas. <laughs> I'm gonna quote Shaquille O'Neal. There be some furniture moved around here, and it's supposed to go one, two, the three, not one, two, and back to one. So I'm quoting Charles Barkley, doubled up, double down with Mr. Barkley, and double down with Shaq. But great comments, fellas. Hey, as we close out, let me get your party shots from both BP and Big Tate, fellas. Let's close out this Cavs deal. BP, talk to me. Your final shots with the Cleveland Cavaliers. That's rather Cavaliers podcast. Well, because we covered Karis LeVert, he's a free agent. You know, just showing that the Cavs have some decisions to make this offseason. He's at the top of the list. You know, either way, I think they'll I think they'll make the right decision, but they still have some work in front of them. They're gonna have to figure out, you know, who they're gonna keep, who they're gonna let go, if they do some trades, stuff like that. So it's gonna be fascinating to see. But I think Karis LeVert is a guy worth keeping on the Cavs for the next you know, two or three years. And uh, like, you know, I, I look forward to seeing him thrive here with Cleveland. Gotcha. Tate Boy Fresh, party shots on That's Rather Cavaliers. Hey, man. I've been in the lab since the end of the Cavaliers season, into the playoffs. And I think the thing to fix the Cavs is, I mean, they were holding, holding the Knicks probably, if I'm just remembering the games, to about 100, 203 points a game overall for the series huh. um so i don't think the Cavs' problem is, is defense they gotta they gotta be tougher they gotta be able to control the boards they can't get bullied but i think the problem is offense the offense is stagnant huh. so they need to bring in some shooting that gives garland and mitchell more space on the floor you need to be looking at a guy like austin reeves who's gonna be a friend from the lakers huh. you need to be looking at Maybe trying to get Doug McDermott from the Spurs. Oh. I mean Duncan Robson. I mean the Heat were looking to get rid of him earlier in the season. I don't know what they how they feel about him now. But you need that those couple couple true knockdown excuse me true knockdown shooters. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I think that will fix the offensive woes. Um, Antonio Lang left as assistant coach. He really worked with the bigs, with Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. He's going down with his boy, Quinn Snyder, down in Atlanta, both former Duke players. Yeah. I'm old enough to remember both of them when they played for Duke. Yeah. Um. So he's leaving. So I don't know if, if Kobe Altman and JB will bring in, bring in another coach. But if they do, it should be a guy that's, that's really proficient in offensive basketball. Huh. That's what the Cavs need. They need to offensive basketball, their, their defensive – defensive approach and defensive you know tendencies are good um so we need to work on the offensive side of the ball pick up the pace and like bp said earlier i think the cast potentially win 60 games next year don't mean they make it out the first round of playoffs depending on the matchup but if you win 60 games you think you're somewhere floating around the first or second seed in the east and you have a have an easier easier opponent but man both the lakers and and Miami Heat were in the playing games this year, so you never know who you're going to get, right? That's right. That's right. All right, fellas, we're out of here. We thank all of our listening listeners that's out there listening to us in podcast land. Once again, check us out on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast Radio, Stitcher, Amazon Music, and YouTube. For Big G, for Tape Boy Fresh, 
and my boy BP. That's rather Cavaliers. Let's go Cavs. Let's go Cavs. Let's go Cavs.